Hi guys, KO here. Uh, an awesome one today. We have an open mic and it's with two white guys. They are the founders, young entrepreneurs of Four Points Energy Bar. They are local, they are native. Uh, I'm always excited to talk to a local entrepreneur, particularly in the consumer package goods space. KO Alliance, my consulting company, has done a lot with consumer package goods, and uh, I know how important they are in today's world and society. I'm excited about these guys because they are really taking a stance in not only what they do, how they do it, and now currently with their messaging around providing equality and questioning a better way in the outdoor space. They're doing some really cool things with Four Points Energy Bar. They are transparent about taking a stand. Um, so many really great socially conscious things. And as our conversation unfolded, we really got to see how far this is a part of their DNA outside of their potential agenda to monetize um, some values that are now cool. Uh, I really invite you guys into to listen to the end and really dig into these guys on your own, uh, their website, what they're doing, their initiatives. They're partnered with some incredible nonprofits. There was so much more we could have got into um, around them. They, their company started around their family and diabetes. Um, the four points of their bar, which are real food, macronutrient-rich food, uh, slow burn energy, and ridiculously delicious. So we didn't even get to some of the main points of their brand because we were talking about so much around the social initiatives, uh, who they are as authentic humans, and why their mission is so important to the world at large. I know that sounds cliche, but it's really great. This is an awesome one, and these guys are really good at having fun. Uh, I would not be surprised if I've met them at some point and or our families know each other because Colorado is small and I just feel like fun people tend to find each other. So if you're out and about, check these guys out, grab a bar, see what they have going on. I'm pretty pumped when I hear about companies doing things the way they are doing them. Enjoy. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm very excited. We have the founders of Four, Part, Four Points Energy Bar. Um, we haven't even taken a sip of alcohol yet, but we're about to. We've got Patrick and Kevin on the line. They are brothers. Uh, I'm going to, of course, let them share their journey. As you know, KO Alliance, my consulting company, uh, we focus on mission-driven companies. <laughs> And these guys are are just that. I read a bunch about their bio and let them tell their story. But they came into this space, like many startups, fundraising, bootstrapping it, doing it, you know, the grassroots way, alongside, uh, you know, benefiting several causes that are extremely relevant right now. And, and it sounds like you guys got some advice along the way to not dabble in both, but they did. And they're kind of questioning a better way as we do on this podcast. So without further ado, uh, Patrick <laughs> Evan, welcome. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Kristen. <laughs> and we are, we're not live. I was always like that Zoom, like awkward delay where we talk over each other. So it's all good. Like it's, it's going to happen. Um, okay. But here is, we're going to, just for everyone that can't see us, although we'll put out this video, we're taking a shot. I've got tequila. Uh, what do we got? Bourbon. And then we've got straight bitters. So <laughs> cheers. <Man>. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Um, Oh, how is the bitter? Oh, is it good? Oh, it's, it's so much, so good. You got to try it sometime. I, I, I didn't realize it was 90 proof. I'm going to start throwing that in like my punches. Not that I make a lot of punches, but. It's so good. You know, you mix it with a little Campari, you can call it a Ferrari, and it's really, really, <laughs> it's actually pretty tasty. Nice. Is that like Kanye's song, I named my daughter Alexis, because I couldn't afford one? So I'll just have a 
<laughs> yeah. Nice. Ferrari, Ferrari is a little out of my reach quite yet, so we'll we'll go with the drink. <clears throat> we'll get there. Um, all right, so you guys, tell us, tell me a little bit about, um, and you guys are Colorado Native, so any, KOI is my company, we try and work with everybody uh, as much as possible that are out of Colorado, and we are so lucky to have so many phenomenal people doing phenomenal things in Colorado and in Denver. Um, but tell me, are you guys natives, or how did how did this whole journey start into the consumer package good world? Yeah, so we're fourth generation Colorado natives. We grew up in Evergreen, just west of Denver. For anybody that's not uh, from here, knows where that is. Um, so we um, and how we got started was was really kind of like what you alluded to earlier, just finding a better way. Um, we really were just trying to fill a need in our own backpacks, and we ended up finding a uh, solution that we've been looking for uh, with regard to better performance, allowing us to do the things we love to do better and longer, and also how that ties into uh, blood sugar control and combating um, disorders like diabetes and high blood sugar. So it really was a, it was a, it was a need for us that turned into a, a business years later. Well, and when, in reading um, about you guys, I saw that it's, you were hiking a 14er as um, token Colorados do. We all do that. Uh, you, it sounded like mid climb, you wanted something better. Um, and being an athlete, there's a lot of things that we once upon a time thought were good as far as consumer packaged goods, sports bars, sports drinks. And we've seen, you know, that change exponentially as time has gone on and now ingredients are getting cleaner and um, things are being done a little bit different. What, what did you guys want to do different bringing a new bar to the market? Like the prune angle, give me, give me the competitive edge. You know, we were just, you know, we, we did, it, it all started out of our love for climbing 14ers and there was no shortage of products back then in 2007. Um, and we, you know, we just, you know, I became obsessive compulsive with reading nutrition journals as I was studying to become a sports nutritionist and kind of shifting my focus away from training to nutrition work uh, because I was always trying to find a way to optimize uh, my output. And so really one of the kind of the hallmarks of what we did was I looked at the way that I was structuring my clients at the time, their, their daily regimen of food. Um, and I kept thinking, I was like, okay, I'm having all my clients eat every three to four hours, regardless of whether or not they're hungry. Why we're doing that to keep their metabolism revved in from dipping and blood sugar is kind of the key to that whole equation. So why not create a bar that, that does that? So we kind of started with the end in mind okay. and said, worked, worked the, the end goal backwards, which was, can we create something that doesn't exist right now, which is a slow burning real food bar that actually satiates you for four hours and doesn't compromise your blood sugar and allows you to play longer. And then we kind of just worked the problem backwards, looking for ingredients that allowed us to achieve that. It just happened to be a main ingredient that nobody else was using, which is, which is prunes. And um, it just kind of unlocked everything that makes our product work. And we built everything around that to really make a kind of a true meal replacement out of it. So that's awesome. And I, I, I when I was reading, because obviously we know about dates and many bars utilize them uh, as kind of like their sweet ingredient. Prunes, I was pumped about because prunes obviously are heavily marketed as an older person's food or something for your digestion or to go to the restroom or what have you. Uh, but they're actually extremely healthy for you. Um, have you guys had some uphill battle, almost like rebranding them a bit? 
Yeah, actually, the um, we partnered with the California prune industry right. um, at the end of last year, and we did that because it was an it was an interest. It's an interesting partnership. You tr- typically don't see a, uh, a an agricultural entity like a like a prune industry or wherever almonds or whatever partner with a consumer packaged good brand, but prunes were trying to do something that they have failed to do over the last 13 years when they've changed their name to dried plums and then back to prunes. Uh, what they were trying to do is they're trying to own who they are, but attract a younger demographic that didn't grow up consuming prunes that maybe still identified prunes with the legacy functions of laxation or digestive health. Um, they felt the climate was right to, to rebrand and to just <clears throat> own who they are. And um, with digestive health being a priority now, uh, they felt like it was a good time, but they also felt like they had they needed a brand to uh, to kind of reach that younger demographic. And we needed them to highlight what makes us <clears throat> singularly different from the competition. So it's a unique partnership. Uh, we're trying to give the prune a new identity, which is focusing on, again, blood sugar control, endurance benefits, digestive health. And then we, of course, we, <clears throat> we own the legacy functions and we, we make jokes and say like, you know, like who doesn't want to be good at being regular? Like it's, right. yeah. it's I mean, tell me, you show me somebody that wants to be, that doesn't want to be, and they're full of you know, fill in the blank. Well, if there is not a fitness human out there and I, so much of my business started on fitness and now it's really quote unquote lifestyle, meaning everybody wants to be healthy, which I, I love. And I love seeing that evolution. And the more people get into their health, you, they talk about, I should say, everyone talks about their bodily fluids, their functions, how often, you know, size, frequency, flow, it sounds aggressive. But when you get in your group of friends, everyone is talking about it, especially in high intensity training. It's a very common conversation. So as, I don't know, did the prune industry go back to calling it prunes versus dried plums? Like, are we back to what it originally was? Or are they still navigating yeah. dried plums? No, they're, they're, they're prunes again. So, oh, okay. I, yeah, I, was gonna they, say, I wish they would have called me because I think even six years ago, a long time CrossFitter, there was conversation around prunes being, you know, brought into cool light years ago. Um, yeah. so I'm glad they're back. They should have gone, yeah. they should have gone back earlier and just say, you know, these aren't your grandmother's prunes. And that's sometimes what we say when we're doing bars, like this isn't, this isn't the grandmother's prune juice. They have the same benefit, but from a performance angle. Well, and that's kind of what I love. It, it never really changes, but it's all how you package it. I, I would be curious to see the marketing agency they worked with, and I won't go down this rabbit hole, but I would put money on it. It was uh, an old school, well-established situation that had an idea of where things should go, but the world is no longer where it once was. Um, <laughs> yeah, playing it safe. Playing yeah. it safe, yeah. yeah. Um, well, anyways, you go ahead and give them my card. It happens again. Well, do. Yeah, back to you guys. Tell me, okay, so we get the background of the bar. Tell me a little bit about your individual backgrounds. Did you guys, by the way, we grew up going to Evergreen Lake and playing ice hockey. I have three younger brothers, so I got ripped into everything. Um, playing out there, but did you, were you guys high school athletes, collegiate athletes? Give me your 411. Yeah, you know what? We, we, we kind of stayed away from the high school athletics. Uh, we, we really, uh, you know, our father was big into the outdoors. So he, he kind of made us wilderness athletes, so to speak. And, uh, we started skiing, hiking, backpacking, um, at a really young age, uh, mountain biking was the after school, um, in elementary school and, uh, you know, junior high as they called it there. Uh, that was a sort of, that was our, 
you know, after school activity was let's hop on the bikes and let's go ride around, you know, Three Sisters Park. It's right in the backyard or Evergreen Mountain, Bergen Peak, and let's go skiing. And uh, so, yeah, we, we, you know, we played other sports, basketball mainly, uh, racquetball. Of course, that's not a, you know, a high school sanctioned sport, but, um, but it was really mostly in the outdoors. That's awesome. Well, the, the good thing about that is we were all primarily traditional sports. Dad was collegiate football. Mom was swimmer. Um, I was lacrosse. My other brother was lacrosse. And we were all like kind of mainstream stuff, which is cool. But the good thing about how you guys grew up, one, you're outdoors and you are being true Colorado uh, kids, but you can do it forever. Like as you get older, you know, you can't really play football forever. You can't do some of these things forever. You can hike to some degree. You can, you know, backpack camp. You can do some of this stuff and you get some pretty solid life skills out of it. Absolutely. It's a, it's a singular sport, but it's also, it can also be a team sport. And, um, you learn so much out there from, you know, how to treat the land and how to treat each other. And, and you learn so much about yourself too. Not unlike you do when, uh, you know, professional sports or collegiate athletics, where you have to challenge yourself. Uh, you really find out what you're made of and there's, you know, external pressures from there with the, the outs, you know, the outdoor activity, maybe you don't have as much of that pressure. Um, which kind of alleviates and lets you have a lot, maybe a little more fun where, you know, when, when dad's breathing down your neck, like, you know, <laughs> swim faster, run harder, you know? <laughs> so you don't, we didn't have him doing that. He didn't tell us to walk faster and pack up camp quicker, but other than that. No, no, that's, that's awesome. Um, did you guys ever leave Colorado or have you guys been out here since you've grown up? <clears throat> this guy left for like a hot minute went to the Pacific Northwest and he was back within a few months. So oh, wow. <laughs> Colorado just uh, won't let us go. I, I mean, it's hard to be, I went to, I was anxious to get out of Colorado cause I'm a city kid at heart. There's some, something with New York that I just love. Uh, I'm truly a Colorado kid at heart, but I was out East for college. Um, and as soon as I graduated, I knew I wanted to come back. So I, I kind of got my fill and then I was, it's hard to beat the mountains and the air and our weather and, uh, we're getting we're getting a little full at this point, but still no complaint. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Colorado's it's a it's a pretty special place, and the secrets out. So yeah, lots of people coming here. I you know I told my wife um, I met her when she was uh, attending DU Law School, and she uh, was from San Antonio, Texas. And uh, when she moved back to uh, start practicing law, I remember telling her that uh, you know I was I was born in Colorado. I'm going to die in Colorado. So. We need to figure that out. And she more, was more than happy to make the move from San Antonio. Oh, well, I, I heard in marriage you got a compromise, so I'm glad you came in with an open mind. <laughs> uh, that was my one victory. So <laughs> I'll take it. That's nice. Well, so now, I mean, obviously being Colorado fans and being outdoor enthusiasts, uh, you guys, I pl grew up playing lacrosse. It was very much a white, rich kid sport. And it really was the inspiration of me starting my first company, Colorado Rising Stars Lacrosse. Mouthful. Um and we, we flipped the script, started doing everything for free just because it was, you know, like I said, white, rich kids, private schools. We didn't know what we were doing, but that's really how I first learned to navigate some of these sponsorships and partnerships. Um, as climbers, it seems like it's not the most diverse situation. Uh, so tell me a little bit about how important it is that, you know, climbing, outdoor recreation, what have you, is there's equal opportunity there. Um, yeah, no, it's, you know, and, and it's not something that Kevin and I paid too much attention to growing up uh, in Evergreen. It, there's, it's not a very diverse place and, and the outdoors hasn't been very uh, diverse as you mentioned either. And uh, we, you don't really pay attention to that because you're so focused on what you're doing and what mountain am I climbing. And, um, and you know, as you grow older and you start, and especially moving into the city and 
and, and seeing it firsthand, uh, you start to realize, you know, hey, we don't see a lot of people of color in the outdoors. Um, and it's sad and, it's, and it's, it's a tragedy because you learn so much in the outdoors and so much about this Colorado lifestyle is the outdoors and, and what you, you learn about protecting your, your planet, your environment, um, yourselves and your family members while you're out there. And um, those are skills that, you know, and, and situations that maybe we take for granted we thought, um, and especially right now, as a lot of this is starting to kind of boil to the surface, it's been there all along. Um, and environmental racism is an, is an absolute uh, constant in this country because um, a lot of you know the underprivileged are people of color, and they're living in areas that uh, don't receive the same attention that a lot of other uh, places get. So they're situated next to industrial areas, and, and uh, you know maybe not maybe, I mean, it is, it's just time, it's time to recognize that and say, you know, the more people, the more inclusive we can make the outdoors, the better it's going to be for Colorado, the better it's going to be for that individual and their family and their future, and the better it's going to be for our planet. Yeah. When you, you talked about, you know, the, the life skills that emerge and the experience that you learn about yourself and, and other people, I would agree. I mean, there's nothing like getting into a situation and you're away from your everyday amenities, uh, and the real you starts to come out. Um, what are some of the things you guys are doing? I want you to talk about uh, the alliance that you have going. Um, what are your specific initiatives to help diversify the situation? Um, so COBA, COBA is a really great, it's a really great, great organization. It's, it's headed up. It was started by Conservation Colorado. Uh, it's just a collection of businesses all across the state that, uh, you know, that really want to push pro-conservation issues and, um, want to make sure that uh, the outdoors is inclusive, protecting public lands, uh, allowing uh, and helping those to get outside and know what to do when they get there. Um, so it's actually really, it ranges from super small businesses, you know, like us all the way to, you know, law firms to Osprey, you know, Osprey Backpacks is a member of the COBA, uh, the uh, Outdoor Business Alliance. And so they have some really great initiatives that they always work on. Of course, a lot of the Conservation Colorado, a lot of their stuff is political. Um, and a lot of the businesses in COBA have made that pledge to not shy away from making uh, political statements. And then we're kind of drawing that line in the sand, uh, you know, like Patagonia has. And they kind of, you know, Yvonne Chouinard paved the way for and showed that business owners can, can have beliefs and take a stand and not, you know, be destroyed by, you know, the exterior forces that'll do that sometimes. And so you just kind of make that in your head, you, you kind of make that decision to just, Hey, you know what, if, if somebody doesn't want to buy our bars because we care about, you know, getting people of color in the outdoors or, or protecting the planet for my brother's kids, then, you know, we don't need them to buy our bars. And um, so that's why we took our bars and, and we, you know, put the uh, logos of the, uh, uh, nonprofits that we support right on the front so that people can see that how transparent we are as a company and as individuals so that you know if you buy this bar we're one percent for the planet you're gonna your money's gonna go help the colorado 14ers initiative um the continental divide trail coalition um we also work with uh the access fund to protect climbing and we've done a, we do numerous fly-ins we've been to dc to lobby for full funding of the lwcf uh, the great american outdoors act which is in uh, the house right now so definitely uh reach out to your representatives and tell them you want this passed because uh, 
uh, the president has said he will, he will sign it. So it would be a huge win for public lands. Um, awesome. We could go on and on about the things we do and, and we're not really good about talking about doing it because we're, I feel like we're pretty humble guys. Yeah. Um, so we, we just kind of do it. And if we get recognized, it's, it's kind of cool. We hope it inspires you know, others to do like things. Well, I, I really appreciate it. And I'm really glad you married a lawyer because that might come in handy. Um, not because it's bad, just because there's, you can only be like really professional, so many things. So if you're managing, you know, full-time job plus consumer package, good, all these, and you gotta, you gotta build your team. So it's nice to have something in-house. Um, oh, yeah. Particularly if you're, you're being a lobbyist and experiencing that whole route. I, I mean, this is unsolicited branding advice. I think, I say this to companies all the time. I say, if you don't take a stand, you will be left behind in whatever it is because, you know, old school, companies, old school agencies, uh, you know, incredible experience and advice. That being said, I think they are very disconnected to the consumer and our young humans are constantly looking at labels like you guys did and wondering what's in it. And they knew, they know things now that I would say even, you know, our generation didn't know and they know how to dig in through transparency. So I, I think, I mean, even if you look at Chipotle, which another Colorado company based born on right next to DU, um, they took a stand on grass fed beef and, you know, humanely raised animals. And this stuff back then was like, oh no, don't do that. It'll never be cost effective and blah, blah, blah. And they, they really, you know, stuck a claim in the business and were owned by McDonald's and blah, blah, blah. But there's so many of these kind of like undercover gangsters that are, have been doing it right for a while. And now it's <laughs> mainstream. You see uh, Ben and Jerry's taking a huge stance around Black Lives Matter and equality. Um, the, the list goes on, but I, I just, in this day and age, I think it's critical for companies to take a stance. So it's cool that you guys were a little bit ahead of the game and again, not to market it or brand it as a strategy, but just because it came from heart space. And I, I think that piece of transparency also plays through without you having to, you know, pay for it to be blasted. Yeah, I, I, I think in 2020, you can't afford to hide behind neutral um, feelings about something. You know, you have to have you have to have the guts to take a stand on things um, and, and to do good. A lot of companies will they'll say the right thing <clears throat> and then they'll hope that that's enough. But uh, to do good, you actually have to do something. Yes. And we kind of felt that way from the very beginning of our environmental initiative that we, we just can't put on there, Hey, we should protect the environment or, Hey, we should support uh, diversity in the outdoors or, Hey, we should support our troops. It's, we need to do actually do something about it, you know? And I started writing a blog, uh, which I've yet to finish. Um, but it, it's, I started it off talk addressing the climate that we live in with the, with um, what's happening right now with racism in our country. And, and I started thinking at first, I was like, who wants to hear from a 41-year-old white guy about this? And then the more I thought about it, the more I started thinking, I'm exactly who this country needs to hear from right now. Because though I'm not racist and though I never grew up that way, um, in my silence, I've allowed this to go on. Um, I haven't taken it. I personally haven't taken a stand. And there's probably, you know, there, it's time for us, all of us people who have basically sat back and and said, yeah, this is this is wrong what's happening, but I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to side with them silently. I don't think we can side silently anymore. I think you have to take a stand and damn the torpedoes. You're going to you're going to piss some people off, but you're going to make you're going to you're going to win over a lot more because you're doing the right thing. 
Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, at this point, it's, it's, I'm always sports metaphor because that's my background. It's like being on defense. If you don't make a move, you've made a move. Like you don't slide on D, like you've let the person go. If you don't say something, you've said something. Uh, yeah. You might as well say whatever it is you have to say that's authentic because without it, then you're going to be pinned with something that isn't really authentic and it may or may not be what you actually think. Um, and again, you got to understand our consumers nowadays. <clears throat> six-year-olds have grown up on YouTube and um, and you will see with your young human soon enough, it's they're consuming media and data and all these things all the time. If you don't think they can find the truth, you're sorely mistaken. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a pretty relevant conversation. Tell me a little bit about, so Koba, what are some of the initiatives they're doing specifically? Like, are they taking people of color on packing trips or what are some of their initiatives specifically to um, diversify things? Yeah. Um, so Conservation Colorado actually has a, an arm of, uh, uh, of the organization called Protegete. And uh, it's kind of like they're trying to get the because the Latino community is very vocal when it comes to, um, you know, environmental issues. And they've actually, and, and especially since they make up such a large demographic of you know, a lot, like I said, what I was talking about earlier about those underserved areas that maybe have to deal with a lot of the things that, you know, we take for granted when we're living in kind of these quiet suburbs and um, we don't have that industrial pollution that we have to, uh, to breathe in and, and find dust on your car that's purple one day, you know, and it's, that's, that's not something that we've dealt with. Um, so they, they do a really good job of getting people involved. They've had summits, um, and engagement days, field day type of things where they, they bring people of color out. That's the focus. They do a lot of storytelling. Um, one of the biggest things, and I think one of the, the best ways COBA has been so effective is, is in the lobbying, um, trying to attack that at its source. So we've had days where we go to the Capitol, the Colorado State Capitol, and we will lobby for, you know, oil and gas regulation and, and uh, better clean air and, and, and water standards because we know that those individuals are going to see the benefit of that first um, because they are in those areas that are most effective mm -hmm. are most effective. So, um, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it is lobbying. A lot of it is just showing, um, you know, the rest of Colorado that there are businesses they're willing to stand up for them, which empowers them. And that's, that's kind of what we try to focus is, Hey, we're a really small company. Uh, we don't have the checkbook to, to do a lot of things we would love to do. Um, but we write checks that our company cashes with, you know, showing up and, and, and showing them that, Hey, we'll go to the Capitol for you and we'll, and we'll push for things that'll help better all of our lives and yours. And we'll also, you know, stand up and show that businesses can make a difference. Um, and, and we try to show them how we make differences that way. Uh, but it's, it, I mean, it's, it's such a diverse group of businesses, which is so great because they're all over the state. We have a Western Slope uh, committee. We sit on the steering committee for the front range. Uh, there's a Southern uh, Colorado committee as well. And uh, we all join, join forces to, to really, you know, brainstorm. And we're still kind of in that, uh, that realm of, of trying to brainstorm how best can we make it, you know, affect this situation. And, and a lot of it was, is, is like I said that, and uh, we, we do op-eds, uh, we'll write, um, letters to the editor, which we've had a few published lately. Um, and, and so that's, that's really where we're at. And then of course we try, you know, we try to put our money where our mouth is and, and when we can, we financially will donate to, to outside of our 1%, you know, where we can donate product, yeah. um, uh, 
you know, food product to the food banks locally when, when it's, you know, running low on shelf life, things like that. Well, we'll we're always there. People reach out because they know. So, I mean, to maybe to detriment <laughs> to, to our bottom line, but um, we're really good at the nonprofit. We always joke, maybe not so good at the for-profit, <laughs> but. Uh, my, we strongly identify. I think I've for sure given away more hours than I've worked them, or I should say, been paid to work for them. But I also believe in karma and like if you if you know if you don't get paid for it now, you get paid for it later in heaven or whatever you believe. Um, I, I just think it's one of my favorite quotes is Benjamin Frank, Franklin. I'd rather be said I he lived usefully than died rich. Um, because I think it's so important that even if we're not millionaires for the time being, like you are being impactful and purposeful along the journey. Um, you got to keep it over your head and have some balance to that. But uh, I do think with, as a strategist and a professional, I, I honestly th just think simply doing good things and doing the right thing will pay dividends in the end. Um, that doesn't help a lot of my clients sleep at night, but we always say, it. <laughs> um, well, and I love that you guys are attacking this from all ends. Cause I'm, I'm deeply passionate about one, marketing and, and branding and our influence from social media and digital technology because our young humans are consuming it so early. And then two, uh, actually both of those are really number one, uh, disrupting the dollar because so much of uh, the White House, Wall Street, everything is controlled by that dollar. And if we're not, the consumer isn't conscious in how we're spending it. And then how some of these strategic partnerships with certain things, you know, Johnson and Johnson and the law and lobbyists and government, um, there's some deep strategic partnerships in the mix. So I, I love that you guys are attacking that from a few angles um, because I think we need all of them addressed in order to really see some, some long-term change. Um, and these are a lot of conversations that not, maybe if companies consciously don't want to get into, I, I get it. I wouldn't support it, but I get it. But they're not, a lot of companies aren't even asking these questions or really digging that deep, maybe because they're too busy. Or <laughs> so it's impressive that you guys have had some awareness there. Did, where did the lobby, lobbying and like the whole government approach come from? You know, I, I think Patrick and I are, we've always been ones to speak our minds, even when they're not asked. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but uh, no, that it, it, we always just kind of felt like, you know, there, there's enough of a silent majority out there. And when we're pretty passionate about about what we do and you know you've got it and sometimes you just have to lead by example you know like i was we had we had a copa call this morning and that was we were trying to figure out ways to get other members other colorado businesses involved in coba and um and i suggested you know let's all get out on a trail and do the work because once you get into doing the work you actually you start to feel connected to doing to making that change and so i think we've always just kind of had that the voice in us to, to start doing that. And we're passionate enough about it and we don't have much uh, shame or uh, much of a filter at times. So we, uh, I think it just, it brings it from a raw place um, where we can, you know, just do, just do our best to try to show, you know, show that we care. So. I, lo I love that. I love the no filter is always appreciated. I think even if it's hard to embrace it, even if things aren't, aren't, aren't perfect, if there's flaws within it, at least it's authentic. Um, and I, again, I think that's one of the best, you know, the non-plan plan, like the best non-strategy you can have that's completely strategic. Uh, and I think again, our young humans will be specific in how they spend and, and how they consume. Um, and I think it'll serve the greater good on so many levels. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's supposed to, there's a lot of, uh, somebody asked me, they're like, how comfortable are you talking about 
you know, racism or some of these, some of these really uncomfortable topics. And my response to them was, are we far past the point of caring about whether we're comfortable talking about it? Yeah. I mean, just, there's a lot of uncomfortable topics, but that doesn't mean they don't need to be addressed and need to be solved. So I think as a society, it's time to be uncomfortable or comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, well said. Oh, I mean, it's just like sports. You don't get better unless you get into that pain factor, into that uncomfortable. The only way to get comfortable is to go through it, have the conversation and hit it head on. Um, but I also think that's not something like we, American society has grown up with, particularly white people. Uh, it's kind of like stay, you know, fat, dumb and happy. We're stay away. We do just whatever we need to do, just whatever we need to know, stay out of trouble. Like if you see something, kind of stay away from it. Um, and now we need the exact opposite. Um, so it's, well, and on that disruption point, I think nutrition is a huge piece of the game and there's a ton of discrepancies, you know, uh, with nutrition and food deserts and, um, communities with a lower socioeconomic status, not having access to good nutrition. Uh, in some of these initiatives where you guys are promoting equality alongside COBA, do you have the ability to talk about not only like, you know, provide some product, but really talk about your mission and why you've chosen things you guys have chosen. I know like gut health and like, nutrition can be a very deep conversation, but can you guys at least expose some of that combo alongside some of these initiatives? Um, you know, I did a, I went to, I don't know if you're familiar with the Grow House. Over I am. In North, yeah. yeah, North Dever. Um, they said they were the first food uh, really offered in the food desert. I think it's a seven mile radius in North Denver. And um, I had the opportunity to talk to some some people there last year at a, um, at a uh, chef dinner that they were doing for harvest week with uh, the Denver restaurant group and, and talking with the, uh, the founders and seeing what they're doing is really inspiring. And, um, and naturally um, I was like, Hey, you know, we have a high quality product that would be great here um, for this demographic. It's not, it's not a cliff bar. Can't find it in a Seven Eleven. way better <laughs> than that. Uh, it's um, but it just, it was a conversation piece that led to a whole deeper understanding of what they were trying to achieve at the grow house and, and providing good quality food to uh, an area that's pretty, pretty barren for, for anything really. I mean, nearest King Supers is 70 miles away. So. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, cause I'm, I'm actually in, I'm in North Denver right now. My family grew up here. My parents, uh, grandparents went to Manuel, parents went to, uh, North, uh, or mom did dad from California, but anyways, like we're kind of, you know, Den North Denver OGs. Um, and it's still, there's gentrification happening a thousand percent. Uh, but it's, it, there's still, you know, a, there's still a mix of humans. Thank goodness. I hope it stays that way for a while. Um, but I didn't realize that the, the food desert was the nearest grocery store. Did you say seven miles away? Okay. Um, so anyone that doesn't know what a food desert is in, in a nutshell, it's, Oh, can you hear me? Um, it, it's basically where you don't have fresh fruits or fresh festivals available. Is it one mile? I'm not sure what the tactical definition okay. constitutes as a food desert, but I, I definitely would say if it's a mile, then they're in, they're in pretty, uh, I think generally it's, violation it's, it's they consider it like walking distance. Like if, okay. if somebody can't walk from their residence, because not everybody has transportation, right? If they can't walk to it within like a mile, then that's, that's a long way to carry groceries. Yeah. Yeah. 
So essentially, you don't have fresh fruits and vegetables even available. Um, we've I've worked for, like I said, many companies, and I, we've heard of some even going into some different neighborhoods, and you know, kids wouldn't even be able to identify, you know, an onion versus a pepper or um, what a fresh vegetable was because they're eating, you know, from a Seven Eleven or whatever it is, a convenience store, Cheetos and popcorn and and whatnot. Um, so I think it's great. Uh, obviously, you guys are questioning nutrition, but also it is a consumer package good. It is available if you need it. That's you know we got to get it to somewhere that doesn't have refrigeration or um, you know we got to trek it a bunch of miles. I think that's pretty powerful. Um, have you guys had any feedback from kiddos like saying we love what you're doing or like young ambassadors and trying to get on board? How how young? <laughs> No, I mean, like you tell me, what's the youngest? Uh, you know, it's funny. It's we love we love when we do events. Uh, well, prior pre COVID, we would do sampling events. Um, but uh, and then like locally, the farmers market, when you see children walk by and grab, they're used to being, uh, you know, like here, you want to try this, and they see bar, and they, they they're automatically like they make this just scrunched up like ew face, and but then they take a bite of it, and they're like oh. They're sitting there chewing it, and you're like, yeah, it's just, that's why, when I tell them, I don't say like, hey, this is an energy bar to a kid, because they don't know what that is. They, I just say, it's just, it's fruit. You like yeah. fruit, right? It's fruit and nuts and seeds. It's like, we don't do anything different than, you know, it's dried, but other than that, it's mostly, it's what nature puts into it. So yeah. um, that's great. The young, you, when you talk about like Gen Z, millennials, uh, we get a lot of good feedback on you know, taking that step out. Most of, most of the Gen Z and millennials kind of look at prunes, you know, as you mentioned earlier, like this is prunes, this is my grandma eat those or, um, but they end up tasting it and they're like, oh, I like it. It's not as sweet, you know, this is good. And you're like, yeah. And when you tell them that it's healthier than the alternatives, then it's like that double. And then we knock them down with the whole 1% for the planet. And all. They're like, hey, guess what else we do? You know, so you can support the brand, you can support the product and, and you know, we're not, we're not scared of pushing a first-to-market product out there, even as, as hard as a road as it's been. I mean, but isn't that cool that you can say that to a young human and, and they're going to understand nonprofit, they're going to understand macro, micronutrients, or I mean, I don't know how deep you get into it, but even saying like it's healthy and they're not immediately like, oh, gross, like that's huge. Huge. And, you know, Kevin will sit there and nerd out as a sports nutritionist and start <laughs> throwing out glycemic and this and that. And we even had, oh. um, <laughs> we even had a, a young Gen Zer referred to it as uh, glycemia. So it's, they don't understand it. They, and they're probably not paying a whole lot of attention. Yeah. But I think, I think they like the message overall. And, and most of all, you know, when you're eating food, it's taste is what people are looking for. And that's, you know, you mentioned the food deserts and, um, you know, so much of, a, of a, the problem with the food system in this country is big food. I know everyone talks about big pharma and big oil, but big food is just as guilty um, in this game as anybody else because they want people buying their Cheetos. They want people buying their canned foods and they don't talk to you about how diminished the, nu you know, the nutritional values of those foods are when they're, when they're treated like that. And a lot of times people don't have that choice and that's unfortunate and, and that's something that we need to change. Um, and that's, that's, you know, we start and hopefully we'll be to a level one day where we can, we can help, um, and a larger scale with that. And, uh, you know, right now it's, we, even from our, we do our own manufacturing and we always talk about, as you say, the right way. Yeah. And we don't put that natural flavored bullshit. Sorry. If I can cuss on this oh, show. Yeah. 
Turmeric and tequila, you're way good. Okay, so that, that, and that's what we, we always joke about with RX Bar. And I'm not, I'm sorry to call them out by name because normally. Oh, I no, say. wait, I don't interrupt you, but what was it? Um, and I, want, I like to be transparent with this because I'm passionate, into from the athlete side, but also obviously passionate about the business side. They were purchased for, I want to say, was it? 600 million. 600 million, yeah. Kellogg's. Yeah. And you guys know, yeah, Kellogg's, how, you know how hard it is to break through and be purchased, let alone $600 million by Kellogg. And they, I've heard the ingredients aren't exactly what they are. Like they keep it transparent-ish on the, on the front, but um, feel free to be transparent here if you want. I'll be, I'll be super transparent and direct. That, our ex-bar, yeah, I mean, he, he grew up in the food business, and I can totally respect his story because it's a, you know, he, he made his way, and he sold, and I'm not... Uh, yeah, I'm totally jealous. I would love to sell our company for 600 million. I don't know if, if we got that big. I don't know if we would sell. To be honest with you, but I was gonna say I'm like real. Careful what you put in the universe because I don't know. Once you see your baby go to some, not that I've experienced that, but you see your baby become a different animal. I don't. I don't know that you can sleep. That's it. it. You know, and and we love the way Cliff Bar. If you ever read a book, uh, Gary I, Erickson, Raising the Bar, and and yes. you know we may be sick and tired of eating Cliff Bars, but that's a great company and, and he did it the right way. And we, we definitely look up to that model and we would love to do that. You know, RX bar, uh, they took Lara bar and they added egg protein as they call it. And, um, they, yeah, they love to be super transparent as they say, but you know, natural flavors aren't natural. The FDA doesn't define natural. And if you want to see what a bottle as a food manufacturer, I can show you what a bottle of natural flavors says. It's, it's there's a big old warning label on the back. It could burn your skin if you poured it on it. That's yeah. not something you should put in your body, but that's the fourth most labeled ingredient in the entire United States. And oh. it's not real. And artificial flavors and natural flavors are the same thing. It's just all marketing and, and they've done a brilliant job of it. And people will vote with their taste buds. They always do. And so that's the uphill battle we have is when we make our banana bread bar, we're not putting banana flavoring in it. We're putting bananas. And we're putting bananas without preservatives and without powders. And, and yeah, so it's not going to taste like the runts that you had, but that's what a banana bar from RX bar tastes, tastes like you're eating Laffy Taffy. And yeah. maybe that was great when you were 12, but if you're out working out, Laffy Taffy's not going to feel you through your workout. Well, <laughs> I love those two like 90 references right there, Laffy Taffy and runts. I hope kids are still eating those, by the way. I don't know what's, I don't eat bananas. At some point you have to graduate, right? You need to start having the guts to expect more from yourself than working out with runts. Yeah, but but here's the thing. I like I have faith in our young humans that are going to show up to vote. Um, I have faith that our young humans are going to go beyond their taste buds and be like, nah. What's what's the end game in this? Like, how am I going to fuel? How am I going to do this? Um, as a marketing human, I take all of this personally in the right way because so much of it is marketing. We are on this earth. I want to say to help people see things the way we want them to see them versus telling the truth. And that's why I'm here to disrupt that noise. And it might cost me exponentially, but I'm passionate about it because even if I'm not doing it again, our young consumers will, uh, you need to see what it is. And I don't, I think, yes, people wanted to just lead by their taste buds and does it taste good. However, I think down the road, they'll say, what is this doing to me? And what do I want from it? It's not just a matter of convenience and like, you know, I'm just kind of a slave. <laughs> what does it tastes like, how am I feeling? Whatever. It's what is this going to do to me for the long term? As you know, they have parents that die of cancer, or you're afflicted by. You see things up close and personal. I really do think our young people question a better way, and they'll be okay with shifting some of their truths and their normals and their wants. 
um, in yeah. those, I'm eating this because, or I'm eating, I mean, anyone that's ever been an athlete and you're like, I'm going to, you know, cut weight and I'm eating skinless, boneless chicken for a month or whatever. I'm not endorsing that. Um, but you know that if you've ever done any experience like that, you know that there's results at the end of it. And while the process might be hard, it's worth it for the long term. And particularly if you've ever been sick or ill or you've seen someone around you that's been impacted by their lifestyle, I think our young people are motivated to, to change and question a better way. So. I think so too. I hope so. And I, you know, and we always, you know, we, we talk a lot about sports around because uh, we actually, one of our partners, you mentioned earlier, went to manual too. So, okay. Um, yeah. And we talk a lot about sports and we talk about the great John Wood and he's, how he, you know, used to grab a broom and, and, and do his own gymnasium, you know, sweep his own gymnasium. But you always say like, if you don't have time to do it right, when are you going to find the time to do it over? And, and so that's, you know, we started from the beginning saying this might be the hard way, not taking any shortcuts up the hill, but you know, this is, this is the way you're supposed to do it. And you know, what, not, not everybody's going to come out of it. And, and, you know, maybe we're, you know, we're cognizant to the fact that four points, you know, maybe we're too early and, and, but hopefully we inspire somebody if that's the case. And, you know, we, you know, we can, it's, it's, uh, there was, um, something I read not that long ago that was, you know, someone that, you know, plants a tree knowing that they'll never sit underneath it has started to begin to, you know, understand the meaning of life. And that's, that's hopefully what we can do is even if we're not the ones that do it, maybe we inspired somebody along the way to. Well, I think, do we lose yeah. Kevin? I think we might have. Kevin, did you just screen us? <laughs> he's uh, the bitters. Oh, there he comes. The he's he's out in the black. He's Louise. <laughs> the bitters. They might have been too strong. I'm worried. Yeah, about I think he, I you think know, he's drunk on bitters. Gosh, epic epic fail. You know what? So I'm in Colorado Springs and I'm deep in the black forest. And every once in a while, you just get a weird spontaneous outage. So. You're that good. Was weird. I, yeah. my, Sorry about that. Guys. No, you're good. My computer's saying it's overheating. Like I, like, like I said, I built out this quote unquote studio and I keep getting like these little things that come out of nowhere. So you're in good company. Hopefully if mine goes out, just don't stop talking. Um, yeah, no. So I wasn't sure if you could hear, I was just, I was just going to say that, yeah, that, you know, consumers have ultimately the power right now. And with everything that's going on with COVID, I think they are looking for better products. <clears throat> and I think, you know, Patrick touched on big food being, um, just as guilty, but let's talk about big retail because the only way that you innovate tired categories like center store grocery that's been dying for the last couple of years is to bring in new emerging brands that are shaking things up and disrupting status quo and the way things are done. So, you know, the only way consumers get to know about a brand like Four Points without us having millions of marketing dollars behind us to go direct to consumers for retailers to start looking at their categories and doing honest reviews and resets. And so many of those shelves are controlled by, you know, $10,000, you know, kickbacks from the, from the big brands to hold on to that space. And, and yep. then next, thing you know, you've got a consumer base that's, that's walking an aisle saying, this is the same old, same old, same old me too product. Um, so I think there's a big shakeup that needs to happen all over the board and, you know, big retailers are guilty of this and, and it's, and if they, uh, if they want to continue to lose market share to, uh, Amazon and to, and to hello fresh and all the different ways that consumers can get really great products, you know, then they can keep doing things the way they're doing, or they can, uh, they can start innovating and bringing in better free brands like us. Well, and I, and I think that's, I mean, that in itself is an entire podcast, but I think that's so great that the consumer truly is at power and fine if, you know, old school 
retail chains or what have you or big food companies, which honestly are very close in cahoots with political lobbyists and homies that are investors, Warren Buffett and Coke and distributors. And it runs so deep. If you really start digging, it's, it's pretty scary how much control is there. And that's what we are literally and metaphorically consuming. However, now with Amazon, social media, direct to consumer, that's how most young people are buying. And now insert COVID-19, I don't have to go anywhere and I can just go on to my social media or I can go on to see what influencer or whatever human I follow is buying. Like the, whether they're ready to evolve or not, the consumer, the world is changing. Um, so I have faith whether whether they shake up or not, it's purely just going to be a dinosaur. It's going to just become extinct. Um, and I, I don't, what'd you say? I said, hopefully. Okay. <laughs> well, and, and this is what's so hard for young startups to get in the mix is you need some of these relationships to even get in the market. And when you said um, you're a guy from uh, RX bar, I don't know his story. I don't know if he's like a young, you know, trust fund human or something. Uh, again, as a lacrosse player, we know lots of them, no hate there, but it's, it's a lot. But to have, you know, some of the house chips to start out with and some of the house relationships, it's you're playing with a whole different game. So that in itself narrows the potential diversification of what's coming out. It's all the OGs that were in the mix and will continue to do so because mm-hmm. that's what's available. Oh. That's very um, much, and at the end of this, we probably won't have any, you know, big company friends <laughs> talk about big food, big retail, but no, that's, it's the truth. It's, we need, it's, it really is a team, uh, a team shakeup that's needed. It's not, it's, you know, when, uh, you know, a, a large retailer says, sorry, which we've heard, you know, a lot of times, uh, sorry, we're, we're going to stick with, you know, our core brands. And, and you're like, you know, Cliff Bar has, you know, 30 different products, they could survive with 28 in there. Just give us two spots, you know, and um, it's, it's unfortunate when you hear, you know, the, the response is typically, you know, we're going to stick with our plan and that's, it's all coming from the top. And we understand that that's the way the game's played, but we have to change the way the game is played. We have to change the field that it's played on. And that's, it does, it starts with the consumer. But in that, that's the same conversation as we have as race. If people, if white humans don't come and say, okay, I need to change, you know, systemic racism or where I'm entering in the conversation and, and disrupt what's working and say, no, I'm not going to do what I've always done. It's the same thing. This, you need a few people to step out and say, and whether their heart space is in the right place or not, if they don't like money and they're not, you know, playing on the trendsetting tip, it will soon be extinct. Uh, it might not be tomorrow. It might not be even five years from now. Uh, but at some point, it, mm-hmm. It's all going to circle around. Um, Can you guys give, just like Chipotle, where I really think it's important for people that are listening, maybe that aren't familiar with, you know, startups or consumer packaged good businesses, um, you know, to do things things overseas, to do things a cheaper way, because it's all, it's really a game of margins, meaning... You know, you charge X for a product, you need to make X amount of dollars, and then you have X amount for whatever your costs are. Uh, A lot of companies can get by, you know, using cheaper ingredients or manufacturing overseas. Can you guys give some specific examples and whatever you do or don't want to share, we don't have to get into like proprietary information, but uh, where it's good examples of like, we're actually spending more um, for this because this is where our heart's at. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. You know what? That's... um... And you'll see, like, we're very, we're a very transparent, uh, transparent company. Kevin and I are very transparent. Um, we're there to help. And that's, you know, we actually launched a, a separate company out of Four Points. And our facility was a, a co-packing company. Basecamp uh, was what we call it, because that's where you, all your adventures start, really. And um, we actually offer co-packing and food consulting for small 
you know, emerging companies or even people with just an idea. We take every phone call and that's, that's where it starts. And, and, you know, you, there's so many decisions you'll make along the way. And, and we had to make in this, in this business and we made a lot of wrong decisions. And that's, I think what makes us good at consulting is that we've done the wrong thing so many times. So it's, it's better to get, you know, the real life advice from, from us than we got our MBA and, and the, you know, the big food school in Knox, but we, you know, we, we, when we originally started, we, we decided like, Hey, this is to make this work. We only have X amount in our bank account and um, we have to do it as cheap as possible. So we went to China for packaging and we made compromises and it never felt right. And that's the sad part is you end up trying, you know, battling with yourself is do I do this for the business? Do I do this for, you know, what's right. And sometimes and hopefully all the time you're able to find that middle ground, which is good for the business and good for, um, you know, the greater good. And, uh, we stopped ordering packaging from China and we started, we, so we pay more for it here and we pay more. We always try to source as close to home as possible. And I know that there's, we can find cheaper ingredients. We can find cheaper packaging. We can find cheaper labor. We can pay people less. Um, but we don't. And that's, you know, that first step is saying, you know what? it's not always about the dollar. I know that if we run out of dollars, we're out of business, but yeah. I would rather come home at night knowing that, you know, we did everything we could the right way and be out of business than go to work every day, knowing that I underpay people, that I don't take care of my employees, that I order the cheapest, no matter what the cost, um, that we skip and, and, you know, we cut corners. That's, it's just not, it's not a way to live. That's the wrong way to teach your kids, the wrong way to teach the future. So, um, you know, whether or not it, it means the end of us in the, in, in the uh, long run, you know, hopefully not. But, you know, we'll, we're willing to take that risk to do things a certain way. Good for you guys. And uh, if for anyone that's, that's listening or doesn't understand, like literally it can cost, let's say a dollar overseas and it can be as much as, I mean, you guys tell me like four to seven times that. So then it's four to $7 per product just to keep the math simple. Um, I don't know if it's that big of a ratio, but I usually it's exponentially greater to do something the right way, essentially. Um, yeah. and make it domestically or use cleaner ingredients. So it's huge. And I think the more consumers really see that I've even seen young kids that maybe have 10 bucks for, you know, a couple meals and they'll spend $2 more for something locally than versus something, you know, that's brought in and they don't know the ingredients or maybe it's their friend's business or whatever. Um, they're, they're that conscious. So I think, I love that you get the humility take. And I think you had a lot of great things on the site, but I think hearing these kinds of things from companies is really great. Cause it's like, Oh shit, they're actually going this extra mile. They're doing this extra. I mean, it's seven times the cost for them to do it here. And they still do that. Like that's per product. That's insane. Um, but I think just like Chipotle did to do it the right way, long-term landed them on Oprah landed them on the, like it, it you just have to take some faith. Um, on that note, I, I always kind of try and ask, are you guys like spiritually based at all? Like when you said, even for my non-spiritual humans and you're like, it just doesn't feel right. Like I think your gut, gut health for a better shot here, uh, your gut kind of tells you, yeah, like this just, this isn't the vibe. This isn't what I, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, <clears throat> one of our, what a good friend of mine who was a, uh, 
um, friend, friend of all of ours. And he was a mentor and helped us get started. One of our angel investors, um, he passed away unexpectedly and suddenly a couple of years ago. And, um, he meant a great deal to us and to me personally. And, um, yeah, I, I feel him kind of guiding us yes. a lot. So, which is, um, even in weird ways that I didn't necessarily fully, um, fully believe before. And, um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, I, th- I think, I think we do. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And I, I don't know if this is just me stereotyping outdoors, but I feel more like when you're more connected to nature and being outdoors and for somehow, I, I think the heart and the mind is more open when you're in kind of like nature's environment. Um, but that's pretty special. And in my own journey, I, I've been intentional around training harder, working more, doing all the right things. And then as I get older, I'm more like the more I can pull back and just take faith that I'm doing the right thing. I believe in it. It makes sense. Somehow it's going to work, even though I'm so used to plan and strategy and what have you that I don't know, maybe it's signs or something else that it's, it makes all the difference in the world. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, what Kevin said, you know, there and, and, you know, can't speak for all of our partners, but it's a, uh, you know, everybody kind of has their own journey and, and what inspires them, what feeds them. And, um, you know, our father did a great job of instilling, you know, the work ethic and the never give up attitude. And, uh, and we like a lot of things, as you said, use your sports metaphors. Uh, we do, we use our outdoors metaphors and then it's, you know, a lot of that one step, you know, one foot at a time. And, um, you know, it's so cliche, but it's true. And, and, and that's, it is, it's spiritual out there. And, and when, you know, we find ourselves getting in a tough spot, you know, we all look inward or we, or we head into the wilderness and, and where you can lose yourself and find yourself at the same time. And that's, you know, spiritual in its own right. So no matter what you're pulling it from, like everyone in this company um, kind of has their go-to, but it's, you know, it, there's, there's inspiration there and, and, and none of us have had a blink of an eye about, you know, are we doing the right thing or not? Because we're all on the same page. We're doing the right thing and damned, we'll, you know, the consequences. So we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. That's what, that's what uh, people in the wilderness are good at. I love it. And that, that's literally what it is. Um, I don't want to do too deep, but could, do either one of you guys want to share any one example where you're like, I wish I would have done something different or, you know, one of your original or angel investors that passed on, was there some lesson there that you want to share? It's like, this is kind of how I learned it. And this is the takeaway. I'm sure Jim gave you something, Kev. <laughs> no pressure. Oh, yeah. You know, <clears throat> um, tr- trying to think like we had so many conversations over so many years that I, I always feel his inspiration and those words come up right when we are in the middle of something. Um, but you know, the, well, there's, well, there's a, there's a bunch that stick out to me, but one that sticks out to me was how he started his company, um, years ago, back in the nineties and how they started, um, out of, um, they, they started their company making motocross apparel and what was the company? Uh, uh, mechanics wear. Oh, okay. We, we dabbled in, uh, motocross for years, way back in the day. Again, for younger, I got drug into everything, but so you know, mechanic, you know, mechanics wear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize, are they yeah. locally Colorado? No, no, they're, they're, uh, Valencia, California, but, uh, Jim was the, uh, the founder and, uh, oh, he was okay. uh, CEO and he built that company and he was a, a motocross, uh, racer himself. And, and, uh, they, uh, after he, he started the company out of apparel and, and it was, um, it was the gloves, you know, it's tight. 
take, he always told me to take a step back and assess how things are developing for you and you know, not to grow too big. And one, I think what he was meaning was, you know, just like that example for him where they saw the gloves were what everybody wanted. So rather than continue on with a whole line of, of apparel, they, they just um, focused on the gloves and the gloves became the center of their business. Mm-hmm. And so that's, um, and that, that's, it's one of, one of many ways of um, learn taking some of those lessons and applying them. Cause we've, we did that a lot in the beginning when we started, we, we decided to build our brand in the outdoor industry, not seek placement in natural and conventional grocery where we would just get buried against the competition and, and just kind of learn a little bit about our demographic and our different consumer bases and which niches were, were um, responding the, the best to our product and, and, you know, growing that slow allowed us to make, you know, make mistakes and learn from them because that's how you do learn and uh, without getting penalized too bad for them. So just taking the mentality, that mentality that he passed on to us has led us organically to this point where even as small as we are, have, we've been around for five years and, and though we'll, we'd like to be bigger than where we are right now, you know, we, we bootstrapped ourselves this far. Um, did you know we use those mechanic gloves, by the way, just fun fact, a ton in CrossFit to climb ropes um, and like pull bars and like we spent, so we got a bunch free from Reebok and whatnot uh, and I actually worked for them for a while. So we had like literally exponential free gear and we still purchased some of those mechanic gloves to climb ropes. Oh, yeah, else. they're the best gloves. We use, we've yeah. used them for years in climbing mountains because the dexterity of those gloves can't be beat. Right. And they last longer too. Yeah, they're great, great gloves. Yeah. Um, so anyways, okay, so we covered, I want to say the turmeric side, the spiritual, the biz, the logistics. I think you guys are part of your brand uh, is fun. And that's why I said I can't believe we're not <laughs> friends yet because I'm good at what I do professionally, but I'm genuinely good at having fun. At least I like to say, I'm, I guess I'm biased since it's me endorsing myself. Uh, insert this. In is my- this where you get to the tequila part of the program? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is what I'm saying. So we cover the turmeric. This is the tequila. So, but you guys are forthright in your space of we we hosted some events. You talked about you know buying one keg and having an event, and some senators came out. Our local humans. I don't know where you want to give shout outs and where you don't, so I'll leave it nameless. Um, but tell me about how important the social is and how you guys are about having fun because I think that's a key ingredient. No pun intended. A key ingredient, what, starts to say the last part again? Yeah, uh, just why fun and why cultivating an environment that is fun and open and approachable, why is that critical to what you guys are doing? Why are we party? Yeah, there you go. I mean, you- Yeah, why are we party? Because um, life's too short not to. I mean, why be so serious? It's, um, <laughs> you know, we, we, come from, we come from 20, each of us probably spent 20 years in restaurant hospitality, and um, that in itself um, it could be either taken as uh, you like to party a lot or you're avoiding adulting and responsibility for a long time. Um, so you're kind of, you're kind of inundated. We were ski bums and it's just, it's just kind of who we are. So it's kind of like, if you're not going to have, you're not going to have fun with it, you know, like we host happy, we host happy hours. If you've ever been to outdoor retailer trade show, everybody hosts a happy hour and you go to some of the happy hours and they're, they're super serious, lots of advocacy. It's all good stuff. Um, but we're like, you know, when does this get fun? You know, so we've always done fun things. Like we always like to say that we do cool shit. Yeah. And we just, and so, you know, when we say we want to become advocates for a thing with pieces of legislation, like the core act, we'll get like cut out. We'll get, we get like cut out, you know, cardboard Corey Gardner to sing karaoke to 
and then we do karaoke and we annoyed everybody at, at outdoor retailer except for the people that were like yeah this is really cool no one's ever done that it's the first time we've ever had karaoke at outdoor retailer so it's we uh, and then we leverage a lot of the relationships that we have in the uh, in the um, alcohol business whether it be the breweries or distilleries or wineries um, because it's all about collaboration you know, there's so much more power in what in having fun and making an impact in this world if you're willing to collaborate with other people. And some of these collaborations aren't necessarily ones you would think of. So um, it's you know, it's it's easy to say, yeah, we want to collaborate with this company because they're totally aligned with us. But then you don't realize you're like everybody's drinking and having a good time. Why not collaborate with some breweries that are doing the right thing, like Good River Brewery, who donates percentage of uh, sales back to uh, river conservation. It's like, okay, cool. We're going to, we're going to collaborate over a love of that or whatever, or new Belgium we've partnered with before specifically because of their stance on environmentalism. And it's like, it's just having fun and there's no reason not to. So. I love that. I, well, turmeric and tequila, people like, again, as branding professional, the oxymoron here is everyone likes to box in what things should be because that's what we've been taught. Uh, but really, like, you know, you can be an entrepreneur and a river rafter and a tequila connoisseur and all these things. So to me, as a business human, why would you not bring in the professionals of their respective game and learn how to work with them? Because likely their consumers also consume bars or tequilas or whatever. Uh, and, and work with, like, it, it, it doesn't, it makes no sense not to, essentially. I know it doesn't fit in our brains normally, but that's really how it should be. Collaboration is king. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've sold, we've sold our bars and I think we sold it to one or two breweries in the past. Um, be it, be it small amounts. And you would think that's a place someone's going to eat an energy bar, but it's like, I like to drink beer, but I'm health conscious and I don't want to eat a bag of potato chips. So you know, like why, why not collaborate with somebody on that? It doesn't always have to be, you know, you don't, why does everybody have to be in a box? I, are you telling me in Colorado, someone's not counting their macros at the bar so they can drink a <laughs> protein bar? Like what? That, that makes complete sense to me. My entire CrossFit nation that's consuming yeah. things. Uh, that- how much protein in this porter? No, it, it's, yeah. it's, that's what's funny about our, our other partner, Jeff. He went to, the one I told you, he went to man, manual and, and he, he came on um, as our fourth, uh, partner and he said I just want to you guys do so much cool shit I just want to be part of it you know and that's why he came on and, and he laughs at when we we start putting the logos the California food logo on the back and the, the non-profit logos on the front and he's like he's like we're like we're like a NASCAR he was like no we're logo bar and he's like <laughs> but he's like I love it he goes even though it doesn't make sense to me I love it and that's that's what we do is we don't necessarily and sometimes to our detriment we don't necessarily make a lot of decisions with our heads, but we do with our hearts. And it's, things are more fun when you're together and, yeah. and when you're with other people. And then, and that's what it is. Climbing a mountain solo is fun. It's a challenge, but climbing a mountain and with someone else and helping them get to the top is more fun. And even if we're the small guy in that, like California prune is huge, multi-billion dollar, you know, industry. And, um, you know, we just, we just like to be part of it and we like to include people. And that's, that's kind of, it's our mantra and, and we just make decisions from that. Uh, well, I hope you sell a million bars and I hope that, or billions of bars, I should say, uh, million you. Have to very good, but more importantly, like I actually hope that message is genuinely heard because that's what our world needs, especially right now. Like the more we can find common ground in some space and a lot of time that is fitness, art, music, whatever, uh, then we can find an actual space to open up the door for that larger conversation. And that in itself, I, I genuinely hope we all walk away, you know, 
financially successful, but most importantly, leaving some genuine positive impact of like, okay, here's a little bit, here's how you do the next step. So the next generation can come in and be like, okay, I got it from here. So I think that's- Thank you, appreciate that. We'll, yeah. we'll take, uh, we do, doesn't take a lot. We don't, we don't need it all. We just need a little, like just enough, you know? And yeah. So hopefully, hopefully our, our uh, impact is, is bigger than our bank account. We're, yeah. we're genuine about that. I will offer this something I'm working on because that's exactly what I would say. And now I'm working on abundance. Like you got to welcome abundance. And even I'm still, it's still, still a little uncomfortable. Uh, you can welcome abundance knowing that from there you can give it all away. You can do more things. You can impact more good. So uh, I'll just offer, offer that little little piece of my now mantra. Um, I, I, we'll start to wrap up here. I appreciate you guys' patience with overheating computers and what have you. I'm, I'm glad there's yeah. no fear and bitters in the mix. Um, <laughs> is there uh, anything that's coming up that people need to watch out for? New flavors, new packaging, new parties? Hit me with anything that anyone needs to know. Man, do I wish we had new parties coming up. <laughs> oh, that's right. COVID-19 is a thing, my bad. Yeah, yeah. it's, um, you know, I, the biggest thing for us is we had just launched our new tactical line for the military um, and for professional athletes yeah. right when COVID hit. So I feel like we never really got to, uh, yeah, there you go, Pat. There um, you go, on the camo. I feel like we never really got to properly christen that launch uh, the way we wanted it to. So um, I, so be on the lookout for that, uh, because we're going to, you know, a little known fact there, the Super Bowl champs, um, were eating our bar, those tactical bars this past year. So we're not going to take credit for the win, but we're also not going to shy away from mentioning that they were eating them. Oh, it the hurts. It does. It hurts. It hurts as, you know, Bronco, I are Bronco fans, season ticket holders, but the fact <laughs> that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Say, wait, you fueling the enemy? I don't want to like. You know, <laughs> they reached out. They reached out to us, and we're, we we're not going to say no. So it's um, yeah, I've reached out to the Broncos numerous times um, when they want to get serious about getting back to the winning ways. They know who they call. Yeah. Wait, wait. So can I just ask? Are you? I mean, like, are you just DMing the Broncos Instagram, or do you got some relationships in the mix? Like, how did? Because those those plays can be game changing. Literally, no pun intended. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, we the the head dietitian for the. Kansas City Chiefs I um, met a while back and she was um, she loved our product she loves prunes um, and so she she uh, requested these and tried them out with the players and now they're in the regular mix within their locker room and I've reached out to uh, the dietitian for some of the other uh, teams and it's you know I'm sure they get pitched a lot so you get a you get a virtual stiff arm via email quite a bit um, but <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just part of, part of the sales game. That's tough. You know, once you, once you break through though, it's, you know, it can happen. You need I think we should mention that we okay. do have, we are getting ready to launch an Indiegogo campaign though. I was going to um, say, I didn't, I, I didn't want to pre-preface it. That, tell me about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, Eric, who you've been dealing with is a really good friend of mine goes, goes back many, many, many years. Um, Wait, can and, you tell me how you know him? Because he knows my good friend, Dave Ladenschlager. And I don't know, I didn't ask how they knew each other, but I've known Dave for, I don't even know, 15 years. Okay. Um, yeah, I've known him. And, and so you have to forgive me. I, and when you say Eric, I'm like, who? Uh, we always, we call him coach. 
Oh, oh no! I think that was on his email. He said something, coach, and I was like, "Coach at Four Boys Bar." I wouldn't, we wouldn't even let him have his first name in his, his email. Why, coach? We don't have to fully. Like, <laughs> I was so hoping you were going to ask that question. He's, he's coach. He's he's the greatest human being on planet Earth. He he oh. works. Uh, he works with troubled students uh, full time. He's a you know assistant dean. He's the kind of he's the guy that shows up to the kid's house and is like, "Hey, mm-hmm. they're not coming to school." Um, such a good dude. And then, so that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And and so he, but he went to school, um, actually little known fact, and I have to put this out there because I know he'll really hate me if I, if I do. Yeah. Tell him why he's called really, really why he's called. He actually, he was in as a cameo. He played a part in the show coach. If you remember that show. I actually do. I'm, I'm old enough. Yeah. Okay. I'm 39. Yeah. See, we're we're probably the same. Yeah. I'm here for it. We um, ourselves, yeah. And so we, we joke around with them and we say, oh, yeah, our, our buddy Coach played Dauber and, and, <laughs> and Coach. Wait, I don't know. Wait, who was Dauber? I don't know that I remember. Dauber was the blonde hair, the long, the blonde the hair. Guy. Yeah. Yay. Okay, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and, and he looked like that, but it wasn't him. But we like to tell people he was Dauber, so it gets him all riled up because he's all <laughs> sensitive about that. But um, okay. growing up in California and he came out here so many years ago, he kind of jumped into Colorado before it was cool. So we, we give him a pass. Um, but he, yeah, he had a cameo. He used to do cameos on like coach the show. Oh. And so, um, when he first moved out here, we met him and he had this, uh, letter jacket on that said coach. And it just stuck because he's teaching kids baseball. And, um, That's but he's, he's got a background in marketing and, and, um, or at least he did his degree and he's always wanted to be a part. He's got the entrepreneurial uh, spirit and mindset. So we're like, we've always wanted to bring him in. So he's going to launch an Indiegogo. That's kind of his first uh, go with our company. Okay. Cause he reached out and he's like, I know Dave, whatever. We didn't get exchanged a lot, but then we were just laughing about a few things. Like I got a text and recording his schedule. And I was like, I have so much respect for you. Cause I know how this goes. I actually, I mean, I longtime athlete coach high school for nine years. Like it's literally hurting cats. However, Post that you managing adult humans, mm, it's exactly the same. That's so, what he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I have respect for your now cardio is <laughs> managing you, humans. You two, you two probably have a lot more in common than you know. Then yeah, he's <laughs> talking about all the time as a as a the vice principal or you know a dean of students or whatever. He's like, he's like, I I deal more with the, like trying to get parents to get along than I do with kids. Oh, for sure, yeah. I have full yeah. faith in our young generation. The Older generation, I'm kind of like, mm, okay, let's just let, time, some, let some time pass and we'll just figure it out. Hey, you know, us Gen Xers, we're, we just kind of roll with it. But, you know, about the boomers and the millennials and the Gen Zers all kind of go at it. And we're just, as usual, just kind of hanging in the background, just <laughs> doing our yeah. thing. Facts. Okay, wait, so we segued. I, it's completely my fault. Tell me about Indigo. Right. Give us the hard details. How do we get in the mix here? Yeah, Indiegogo. So we're, we're getting ready to launch that. Should be probably here in the next uh, week or two. We're going to do some really cool packages, um, not just with our hemp line, which is our original line, um, and the tactical line. So uh, quick backstory is military can't have any type of hemp seed or anything that comes from the cannabis plant, which is pretty Wait, ridiculous. Nothing, no, not even nutritional, like literally nothing. Literally nothing. No, hemp seed, even, even though it's devoid of anything um, psychoactive, it's still, yeah, it's been, it's red flagged. So. Does um, it show up on a, a pee test? Just these are layman's questions. It would never show up ever. No, you'd have to eat, you'd have to eat 40 pounds of hemp seed to get anything. And you would, you'd probably die before you actually test it for anything. So. <laughs> the only funny piece that I'm not military, but I have two brothers that are one special forces, one retired Marine. Uh, but I see yeah, the, the, the energy drinks consume and some of the other supplements. And I'm like, mm, 
hemp is probably the least your worries, which I'm here for our forces on all levels. Like basically do what you want, but yeah. uh, that's, that's funny and ironic. Okay. It is. And you know, and actually we have a family member too. He's a um, uh, recon Marine and they can oh. eat these things again. They have, you know, uh, it's not something that'll ever show up. It's not like poppy seeds that'll show up on your test, but it's, it's something that the majority of them will probably avoid just because, uh, you know, military says don't do this and you know, they're scared of not doing it. So, um, what we did was we split our line and we used to have one bar that had whey protein isolate and hemp in it. And then we split it. So now we have all hemp. So it's vegan. So we listened to our consumers on the uh, outdoor space that wanted a vegan product and the military side there were, uh, Hey, we can't have hemp, but we would love a product like this. And so we split it. And, uh, as Kevin mentioned, we launched it just as COVID launched itself, which was a more successful, uh, Indiegogo campaign than what we could have ever done. So we figured uh, we should probably relaunch it, um, but we need a little help doing it. So we're going to do the Indiegogo thing. And uh, the cool thing is, is we do uh, on, the, on this too, we actually stick with it. That's uh, Troopster is an organization that we work with. And uh, they send care packages to active duty troops around the country, uh, country and the globe. And um, so they, they put our bars in their packages, but we also donate 1% of our sales back to them as well. Um, and so we're, we're trying to show that, Hey, you can be for the environment and for the outdoors and you can be for the troops and you can be for the people that defend this planet. And, uh, you don't have to be with one party or the other. You can, you can like both things. And that's kind of what we do. Turmeric and tequila. You can be all the things. That's uh, it. You can be healthy and like tequila. Yes. <laughs> and I like that you guys are listening to the consumer because uh, shout out to my Colorado hippies, particularly in Boulder, wanting the vegan product. However, even as um, I would never quantify or qualify myself as uh, a, a vegan, I'm definitely trying to go plant based. I've worked with meat companies specifically, so I've seen the other side. Uh, and it's not, ne not necessarily about what you're consuming, but environment, animal treatment. Uh, there's a whole other podcast to unpack there, but I love that you guys listened and offered both sides because I actually think that's very much where the market's going. And I, you probably know this better than I do. Um, but that's huge just to know a, that companies listening and B that you are on the trendsetting tip of what's next. Um, how do people find Indiegogo? Do you guys have that posted yet? Or is it still coming up? It hasn't posted yet. We'll put it up on the site, the fourpointsbar.com. And we'll also, um, be plastering it all over everyone's social media at, uh, you know, Facebook four points bar at four points bar on Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, it'd be really cool. If people can do it. We have some really cool, uh, MPO packages we're releasing, you know, we'll get a membership to the CDTC, which helps complete the continental divide trail. And for those that don't know what it is, it's a trail that runs from Canada to Mexico along the continental divide. So, um, aside from being a long distance trail, it's a lot of people will be up there on the trails, uh, you know, hiking, biking, horseback riding, hunting, and they don't realize they're on the continental divide. They're on that trail. And, um, that organization is, is great. Teresa Martinez, uh, one of the best executive directors of any nonprofit out there in the outdoor space. She's done a ton for, uh, public lands. Uh, it's a good name to know. Um, she took us to DC, you know, she see, she saw in us what a lot of people then was, you know, very small company with really loud voices. So we, uh, uh, we love working with them. They're great. We love backpacking on the CDT. If anyone has a chance, you can go out for five miles or 3,100 if you want to do the whole thing. But um, yeah, we have a lot of good things on there. We'll have some cool t-shirts. Uh, we'll give it away. We're, we're doing product, of course. So yeah, it'd be great if uh, we get some support on that for sure.
I love it. We'll definitely repost that. I want to repost um, what you guys wrote. I don't know if it was from Cobra or you guys, but the whole par few paragraphs of inclusion around diversity and um, equal opportunity in outdoor sports. Uh, we'll, if the Indiegogo goes out, we'll post that. Um, I actually did. I'm not seeing a gold star here, but I ordered a variety pack of your bars. I've already tried them, uh, but I ordered a variety pack and I ordered a face mask today. So hopefully by the time this, when I post this, I'll have something I can actually get a little branding in the right way. Um, and some feedback. Yes. And Thank I, you for that. Of course. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important. I know that had I asked, you'd probably send free bars or whatnot, but I think it's really critical uh, as a small business owner that people that support really monetarily go support. Um, I know I'd always send a free t-shirt or whatever, which I'm happy to send you guys some tea and t-shirts and then expect you to wear them and tag me. But uh, it's, it's nice when people actually go do that. Cause you know, all your friends, your homies will be like, send me something. Yeah. And which I'm always happy to do, but it's really important that we go out of our way at this point, all of us, uh, and support our local situations as much as we possibly can. I know money's tight for everyone right now. It's a crazy economic situation. All the more reason we have to do it from the very grassroots basic level and, and support with our voice and with our dollar. Um, so that's not why I do that. <laughs> genuinely I, everyone that comes on my show, I try and, uh, support their cause, do what they're doing or meet them as the consumer level to support. And then also I can see the actual consumer experience, which the emails follow up right away. Everything was very, uh, streamlined. So thumbs up. Thank there. you. That yeah. we, uh, Thanks. We, we packed it. We packed it for you <laughs> today. So I, no, oh, and we're the no, same. Okay, good. Yeah. Like I said, we do everything. We, we, it's, it's not, it's not that we're controlling. It's that we, we like to know that things are being done the right way, as we said, not a certain way. And, um, we draw the distinction because yeah, we don't want to send out poly bags and, and things that are not recyclable. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's a small thing to do, but it's, it feels like a big thing to us. And that's, you know, so we, we want to, I even, we, you know, we wrote a little note in there, like, thanks. Looking forward to the podcast, the, the podcast, even though I knew for a fact that you wouldn't get that before because the USPS doesn't operate as fast as four points, but right now. we, um, they, <laughs> But you know what? We're the same way. We're happy to go on there and, and, and purchase a few shirts and, and wear them out because no, this is great. It wasn't my roundabout way to say go on some shirts. Let no, not at all. No, it doesn't have to be. It's just that we agree. We're on 100% on the same wavelength there. Yeah, it's 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 a little things. Um, uh, I was going to tell you something. I forgot what it was. But anyways, right. uh, <laughs> I know. No, no, no. I had a fleeting, fleeting thought. Usually they stick around even with beer and tequila. But... <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I'll, I'll post your information. Any other information you want to share, hit me with social handles. I'll, of course, post it. But sometimes people are in the car. Um, social handles, website. Give me info where we can stalk you guys. Awesome. We appreciate it. Uh, with four points. Instagram. Give, give the information. <laughs> oh, geez. I thought you said, sorry. Well, there was a delay. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, I think I do not offhand. It's at, it's at, at four point bar. At, at four points point bar. Four points bar. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. And website, Instagram, uh, Facebook, it's all four the same. Fourpointsbar.com, we're Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're not as big into Twitter as we are some of the other channels, but um, It's never yeah. stopped for me, but maybe I'm late. Uh, I just let Kanye and, and uh, Trump have twitter <laughs> between the two of them they're entertaining we're trying to we're trying to get coach to tweet a lot on our behalf yes so okay hopefully um, he can start tweeting so he just texts me like sorry i'm just seeing this i'll text him so you guys might be getting a text from him right now yeah we got the same one. <laughs> oh, perfect okay uh, uh, yeah. 
Well, I appreciate you guys. Is when is outdoor retailer? Do you guys know if it's happening? I mean, I'm assuming it's canceled because isn't it every six months? It's a virtual right now. Um, on the 20th, I believe it's the 22nd to the 25th or the 25th to the 28th, but it's a hundred percent virtual this yeah. year. How's that going to work? I've been to many, but how I'm not sure. It's um, not gonna because the outdoor industry doesn't do anything virtually. We like to be there doing stuff in person. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, we don't know how it's going to work. We're going to avoid it. Cause oh. it's, um, doing things like this are more, in line with with you know what we're trying to do uh, the outdoor industry you know we love it we're part of it but it, you know an, an outdoor retailer that's virtual is virtually um useless <laughs> in our opinion i've done a few virtual things I've, we did like a podcast conference it was virtual and it's different than outdoor retailer but it was pretty awesome i helped actually coordinate an event one of our contracts was red bull and they did their um wings for life event that was like a an app run and i didn't know that was going to go and it was actually awesome some things i've been surprised but for outdoor retailer i don't i, I mean so i much don't know how it's going to work i don't know if you just sit on your computer and you wait for somebody to just pop up on your screen that show interest i mean i really don't i don't understand um how they're logistically going to pull it off that way but same price though Oh, same oh. price, yeah. So at least they're at least at least there's they're packing a ton of value into it. So. At least it's the same price, they don't, but yeah. It's the same price? I feel like they should be yeah. like paying you to show up. Yeah, no, I would probably yeah, I thought to get it back to that. But it's you know, whatever. It, well. Sometimes sometimes it's a it's a big old show and, and it's a lot of fun to go to, but so yeah, yeah. Not gonna, we're gonna have to take part in that. But um mm, okay, well I'll be curious. I'll be curious to hear. Um, and my fleeting thought that I forgot before, I was going to say, you said you stay on the ground level. I hope at some point there's always balance there because I've worked and perhaps you guys have seen this as well with so many large companies that are so disconnected from the bottom, from where it started. And I'm sure RX Bar could say this as they got sold on. Maybe they didn't care after they were swimming in their, you know, bank full of money. Uh, but the product and the, the experience changes the more disconnected the founders get from the bottom level. And I'm, I don't know how people like even Clip Bar keep that point of quality. Now they maintain it. Um, but the handwritten note, all those things, like, I hope there's some balance there that you guys can per perhaps perfect and then share with the rest of the world. Cause that, that's a skill set in itself. Thank you. No, we, it's, it's what we took from the, you know, the restaurant business, the customer service industry is, uh, yeah, and you just, it's different when you're sitting there behind the bar and you're chatting with somebody. And that's, that's what we try to bring to this business is like, Hey, we're just people just like you. And, you know, we're always open. We, put my phone number on the website. You want to call my personal phone? There it is. Like we're not, we're not trying to hide behind anything. We're not trying to make it hard to get a hold of us. If you have questions, you can always reach out. It's Patrick at four points bar. It's easy to, you know, figure out Kevin at four points bar. Yeah. Uh, we're always there to, you know, even just answer questions. doesn't matter. Big deal. Hopefully Mark Zuckerberg's listening to you. So maybe he does. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all right, well, this is more than a time ask. Thank you guys for being patient with technical situations. Um, I'm glad you got some beer and bitter or bitters and uh whiskey and in, in the mix. Um, any parting thoughts? Otherwise, I'll let you guys jam. We got where to find you, we got key messaging. Any parting quotes or messages you guys want to leave? I don't know, Kevin, what do you got? You got to, are you all amped up on bitters over there? <laughs> all amped up on bitters. Uh, no, I, I don't. I'm, I'm going to spare trying to come up with a really, really awesome quote right now. So. Okay. Well, no, he's, 
<laughs> I will say this. I appreciate our local community. I appreciate you guys uh, doing what you can, going the extra mile when sometimes you're not, most of the time you're not going to get the gold star for doing so. And you certainly won't see the profit immediately uh, accordingly. But I think long-term, it will all pay off. So I appreciate what you're doing. I will post this and let you guys know. And uh, I would love to, even if we don't podcast again, which I like doing like a cast and then recasting again, maybe like six months to a year saying, how to go, where are we at, what was good, what, what sucked, um, and and just check in. We're down. We're down for all that. Yeah. I'll do to it. Uh, and I hope once all this CV-19, knock on wood, that it actually is going to end. Uh, I hope I get an invite to one of these parties so the fun can actually be made. Yeah. yeah. Hey, just so you know, most of our parties happen at 14,000 feet. So. Oh, so I have to work out too? Okay. That's <laughs> yeah. You're, no. you're always you're down for that. You're always welcome. I'm here for it. All right. If you need anything else from me in the meantime, let me know. Otherwise, I will aim to have this up within like the next, I think, week and a half, two weeks. I try to get them. There's been a lag in time, but we'll we'll try and get this one out ASAP. Awesome. awesome. When, you, this has been fun. When's your Thanks, launch really quick? Um, I, I'm, I'm guessing next week is okay. the, um, I don't know. We got to talk to coach. <laughs> He's the guy. Tell him to let me know. And I'll, I'm going to try, I've got something planned for next week. Like we've got actually the next six months kind of lined up, but I'm doing multiples a week now at this point, which is fine. Um, so have him let me know and we can try and streamline some process. Okay. No, definitely. And then when you post it, we'll, we'll make sure we get it up on the website so we can plug, uh, plug your podcast and, and plug what you're doing too, because you know, we're all in this together. hundred percent. I appreciate you guys again. Thanks for being patient and hopefully we'll see you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Kristen. Have a good one. Take you care. Bye, Thank, guys. You. Thank you for joining turmeric and tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.